0: Welcome to The Quiet Reformation, a podcast about God, the church, and everything in between. I'm Justin, and we are taking a couple weeks to explore some of the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you to the pastors and leaders lending us their time and treasures and voices. Thanks to poor Bishop Hooper for the music. We appreciate all of it. C.S. Lewis once wrote that we might think that God wanted simply obedience to a set of rules. However, what he really wants is a people of a particular sort. As God is working and we are abiding in the vine, let's think and pray through the fruit he is looking to create and nourish the world with. Hello everyone. Thanks for joining us on this podcast today. My name is Galen Hackman. I am a ministry entrepreneur who lives in the little town of Akron, Pennsylvania. I've had the privilege of being connected with Netzer for some years, way back to their origin when I served on the original board and now participating in one of their cohorts on a regular basis and from time to time kind of partnering with them to work in congregations and consult and discern and support pastors. It's good to be with you as we look at this um, topic of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5 verses 22 to 23. Peace is the third element in that list of nine qualities that comprise the fruit of the Spirit as it's named there by Paul in Galatians 5. No doubt others have pointed this out, but it bears repeating. Uh, The word fruit is singular in this passage, even though what follows is a list of individual fruits. The word fruit in English and Greek is a countable noun, and thus it can, and sometimes is, used in its plural sense. But here it seems like Paul is deliberate in choosing the singular form, perhaps because he wants us to know that these nine qualities comprise one thing, And that one thing is the character of the person who is walking in the spirit. This may seem like an insignificant point, but it's not. These nine qualities are individual characteristics of one thing, the spirit-filled life. Naturally, each quality is a beautiful and beneficial thing in and of itself. But having one or more without the rest leaves the person short of the fullness God wants to embody within his children. As God sanctifies us, he may, for a period of time, work on one of these qualities more than another, but rest assured he will ultimately want to develop all nine of them in our lives. Fruit is something that is produced. An apple tree produces apples and a grapevine produces grapes, for example. The Holy Spirit produces heart transformation, taking us from a heart riddled with the effects of sin to a life healed by the grace of God. The transformation of the spirit produces the fruit of godly character by forming Christ in us and we become partakers of the divine nature. In short, the fruit of the spirit is Christ likeness. The nine individual qualities that together comprise the fruit of the spirit are essentially a description of the character of Jesus. Now, that said, in this talk, I will focus on peace, which is the third quality mentioned in the list. Peace is a central theme in the Bible and specifically in the teachings of Jesus. A quick electronic search reveals that peace is used 96 times in the New Testament alone, 25 of which are in the Gospels, and 20 of those are on the lips of Jesus himself. The word for peace used by the writers of the New Testament is the Greek word a reine what does it mean well i like to think that the sound of the word a suggests its meaning it's kind of a smooth sound a reine it depicts tranquility and it is used to describe a boat sailing on a calm sea it means harmony and describes a song in which all notes and chords blend in perfect agreement and it conveys the presence of agreement and unity and calls to mind two people walking together hand in hand. Jesus, speaking Hebrew or Aramaic, would have used some form of the word shalom. A reine is the Greek equivalent of shalom. Jesus said some interesting things about peace. In the upper room with his disciples, as he was preparing them for his departure, he said to them, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He said this in the context of his promise that when he leaves, he will not leave the disciples alone, but would send them the Holy Spirit. The Spirit would be in them and with them forever. The peace Jesus offers is linked to the promise of the Spirit. It should not be understood in a physical or worldly sense, but rather an inner spiritual manner. Peace is often understood as the absence of strife or hostility in a relationship, but it is so much more. In reality, real physical peace is only possible when there is a level of peace within one's heart. At another time, Jesus said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. He goes on to say that following him may indeed increase the level of conflict between individuals, even family members. This sounds like a contradiction, but it truly is not. The peace of God which transcends our understanding is given freely to the person who turns to Jesus for life and living. It is a gift to the soul and the heart. The peace of Jesus gives us assurance of our relationship with God and confidence that no matter what our outward circumstances are, we are loved and cared for by our Heavenly Father. However, as we increasingly model the other world qualities of the Spirit of God, we will often experience increased levels of discomfort in this world. The list of the fruit of the Spirit given in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 occurs in a discussion of the contrast between a life lived in the spirit of god and one lived in the flesh in other words one lived without a relationship with god at the end of his conversation with his disciples in the upper room jesus said i have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world The peace of God inside us does not guarantee that the world outside us will be peaceful. In Romans 12, 18, Paul encourages us to live at peace with all people, as far as it is within our grasp to do so. That implies that it will not always be possible to enjoy outward peace with others, be it individuals or institutions. Jesus taught us to bless our enemies and to pray for those who desire to defraud us. This too implies that, though we do all we can, there will still be strained relationships to deal with in our walk through this world. Naturally, the more we are at peace within, the more our interactions with others will lead to peaceful relationships. James reminds us that our external hostilities often spring from inner turmoil, What causes fights and quarrels among you, James asks? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Living with a peace within may not always equate to peaceful interactions with others. However, being at peace in our hearts leads to our living without anxiety about our identity, our future, our security, or our daily needs. We live in confidence that God is with us. That as our shepherd he will provide all we truly need and that god's sovereign plan includes what is best for us by his standards equipped with that confidence and assurance we rest peacefully in god's hand i remember now many years ago flying with my wife and three children on a return trip to our missionary work in nigeria after a three-month furlough just before we boarded our plane in the usa I learned that the headquarters of the church for which we were working in Nigeria had been attacked by marauders. There were casualties. Additionally, the missionary who was to meet us upon our arrival in Nigeria had just been held up at gunpoint. And finally, there was significant unrest in the city which we were to live upon our arrival. As our plane entered Nigerian airspace and we began our descent, I looked at my three children and had this alarming thought. What have I done? A chill ran up my spine as I considered the possible danger into which we would be walking. But I also remember, as I turned to the Lord in that moment, the flood of peace that flowed through my heart was washing away the fear that sought to overtake me. I knew we would be okay. I did not know if we would be safe from harm, but I knew that whatever may befall us, God was with us and his will for us and his kingdom would be done. That is the peace that transcends understanding, the peace Jesus gives to us, not as the world gives. In this world, we will have tribulation, but Jesus has overcome the world. I recently finished reading the memoir by Virginia Prodan entitled, Saving My Assassin. Virginia grew up in Romania during its communist era. Though not a Christian until well into her adulthood, she embraced a deep sense of justice. This led her to become a lawyer who defended many people who were being persecuted by the communist government. She defended a man who was trying to get his mother's home and land back from the government who had confiscated it for one reason or another. The situation was dire with little hope of victory. The paperwork was endless. The man had every reason to be defeated, frustrated, angry. Instead, every time she saw him, he was joyful, optimistic and fully free of any sign of anxiety. She saw peace in his life. After some weeks of working together, Virginia finally asked him what made him so confident, confessing that she hoped to find that kind of inner peace. The man invited her to his church, a small gathering of believers meeting under the radar of the communist regime. Long story short, she went to church and found Jesus. Virginia's conversion led her to engage in extensive work defending Christians. This, in turn, brought about various levels of persecution until one day she faced the business end of a gun wielded by a man sent to assassinate her. That's all I'll say at this point in case you want to read the book, which I would recommend. I share this simply to say that the fruit of the Spirit flowing freely in our lives is the best evangelism program ever devised the fruit of the spirit is in reality the character of jesus and when people see this fruit in us they see jesus and when people meet jesus things happen i encourage you yield fully to jesus and submit to the work of the holy spirit as he builds into your life the fruit of the spirit the nine qualities that comprise Christ's likeness, and particularly this fruit of peaceful living. Let's pray. God, thanks for Jesus. Thanks for the perfect, beautiful, amazing life that he lived. And thanks for this amazing promise that the Holy Spirit desires to build in us that very same character. And I pray, God, that I, as well as all those listening to this podcast, might experience the fullness of the Spirit in our lives as we walk with Him, and that we might fully yield and surrender to the work of the Spirit in developing the fruit of Christ's likeness within us. May God bless us and use us for His glory. In Jesus' name, amen.